Yo, what's going on, sports fans? Welcome back to episode five of the Firmers Podcast. I am Chris Nixon here with my good friend and co-host Eli Sultan. What's going on? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We yes. had a quick, quick hiatus. It's one of our, it's one of our co-hosts, and it wasn't me. It was in Italy. So I was, out of, I was out of town, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please tell the viewers how was your trip? How was your trip? It was actually, it was good. It was good. We went to. Uh, Venice, and then we went to like Tuscany. We went to like a few different cities in that region, and then we went to Rome. So got to see like I don't know the whole north to south. I see a lot of stuff. It was cool. Sounded it sounded uh, enjoyable. It, it was hot though. It was hot. Oh, yeah, I bet. it was like a hundred degrees. Or, I think it was like literally an average of like ninety ninety five degrees. It was, it was like. It was bad, bro. Hot take, bro. Hot weather is worse than cold weather. Like, you don't go always to, put on. You don't go to layer. school in cold weather, bro. So, ah, that's what I'm saying, though. I feel like I'd rather go to school, and it's like, well, snowstorms would be annoying because it's hard to get places. But I'd rather go to school. Yeah. And it's re- like freezing cold, than go to school and it's 100 degrees. Because I can, you can just put more layers on when you're outside. Like it's possible, but you can't just take layers off. Okay. That's my take. Viewers, let us know. Viewers, let us know your opinions. For those of you who know us, <laughs> see, or you could just you, you just go in LA or, or the Bay Area or whatever, and it never gets above eighty or below sixty. So yeah, <laughs> But um, let's get into some F one. You know, we got to start with the F one. I feel like that's the Pretty tradition sure. now. Yeah. Um, and of course, since it's been a, a minute, as you mentioned. We got two races to talk about. We had the back-to-back Silverstone to Austria, the home race of Lewis, George, and Lando. Oh, and, uh, in what is that? In England, London. I don't know where. It is. Uh, I mean, I was in England somewhere, but and then we got the the Red Bull Ring, home of. I don't know. I count it as a home race for Verstappen because it, it basically is. is. If if you get if you watched that race, the amount of orange that was in that crowd was ridiculous, and it, Dude, was, it was not like, orange supporting McLaren. <laughs> it was like a safety hazard at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can start uh, off with Silverstone though, because yeah, in my opinion, that was the best race of the year so far. It was it had it had drama. It had thankfully it was okay, but there was like mayhem at the first turn. Uh, yeah, carnage. Um, and it came down to like the last few laps because there was a safety car with like six laps to go, or maybe not six, but like eight laps to go or something. So it was a really uh, fun race. Radio or iconic broadcasting call too. Yeah, it was like, yeah. Well, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was like it was a, Perez and Leclerc go off. Rugo's Hamilton. Oh, amazing! Even, um, even got taken overtaken back like two corners yeah, later. Yeah, no, he, I, I was watching that race with my parents. We were like, "Oh my god, he's through!" And then like next turn, he gets passed by Perez. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought Silverstone was a really good race, and it had a bunch of like fun build up beforehand, like. Like all the drivers were doing this like fun stuff before the race. Like I don't know if you saw the clip, uh, you definitely did of 
uh, the two McLaren drivers doing the bouncy ball thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Ricardo absolutely beamed Lando Norris in the face. <laughs> uh, that was like hilarious. Talking about Twitter after, too. Yeah, yeah, because I think Daniel Ricardo tweeted, like, he's okay, and then Lando tweeted, quote-unquote, he's okay, and then a picture of, like, a toy baby with, like, its face smashed in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, overall, I thought it was a really good it? race. I don't know what what your thoughts are on it. Yeah. So despite the fact that it was like I was in Italy, so the time zone would have been perfect for me to watch. It was like the middle of the afternoon. We were doing stuff, and I had no service that day, so I had no idea what happened until I got home. We were out late that day, so I got home at like eleven or something, and I watched the race highlights. And I was like, dude, this is like the best race of the year. That <laughs> I missed this. It was the, I mean, yeah, like you said, the first turn drama, obviously, like we'll mention it. Thank God for the halo, man. The, the only thing that could have saved Bonnie Joe out that. And like him flipping in between the barrier and the fence. Just nuts. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Thankfully, he was completely fine. He raced the next Yeah, race. He, he was literally out of like protocol within like two hours, which is yeah, ridiculous. Impressive uh, by the F1. Applauds. Yeah. I applaud the uh, F1 whoever made that decision I, don't know. I think it was the team Here. principals right I think oh, so the engineers whoever yeah. those people so good, good on them um, but yeah and then just science first win the drama with the uh, Leclerc science strategy Billy Ferrari decision making it seems like uh, pretty much every week we talk about Ferrari screwing something up <laughs> and Oscar was no different, of course. Yeah, <laughs> they they're consistent in that sense. I, guess. <laughs> I mean, Max, like with all due respect, but Max like, finally not winning a race it was great yeah. because, like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really, I don't dislike Max. Like, I know a lot of people do not really dislike him, but like, it's just boring if he wins every time. So, like, having someone else have a chance to win a race. <laughs> good it was like it was a lot of fun stuff and the Haas double point finish bro yes. Nick's first points of his career yeah, that was that was a good that was a good treat to end it off he almost passed Max on the last corner imagine that his first his first points he beats the world champion but he didn't but I think because Max got like seventh or something in that race because he had like wing damage or something so he was just like slower yeah. i don't know something happened to him but and then yeah he, he had a pit they kind of messed his race up because i think yeah. he was damaged yeah and then i remember because he was like fighting he was fighting um yeah making the last corner and yeah. apparently he yeah. said yeah. something Mick, like it's Mick good Mick thing was like faster than max yeah yeah it was caused a crash <laughs> trying to defend Mick in the last corner <laughs> but, no, it was good to see i think Vettel finished like right behind nick too so he got yeah. to see kind of the last point or the first point of his career, which is cool. Yeah, because I, I think um, I saw I saw like an interview or something. It was like Mick was getting interviewed and then Seb came over um and joined the interview and then he was like oh I was like in my car and I was like screaming. I was like, Go, go, Mick, go. <laughs> so that's that's pretty awesome. Cause then he I think we talked we talked about this, but like Mick said that like Seb is to him that Michael was to him, 
which is yeah. dope because for those yeah. of you who don't know what we're talking about, basically Michael Schumacher, Mick's dad, who formerly held the most wins and the most championships. And he retired. He now. was the undisputed greatest. Yeah. F1 yeah. But now is in that category with Lewis. Um, he mentored uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, when he came in because they were both German drivers. Then Seb went on to win four straight uh Drivers' championships before Lewis began his reign of terror, uh, and now Seb is older, uh, and Mick is obviously also a German driver, so he's kind of providing uh, to Michael Schumacher's son what Michael Schumacher gave to him, which is pretty dope. So you yeah. love to see it. You love to see some wholesome content on the grid. Seb Junior got a yeah, we're crazy child. <laughs> Mick can get him. <laughs> yeah. I think okay. I think the most interesting thing was the Ferrari stuff. So I guess okay for those of you that don't know exactly what happened, Ferrari had a one-two, and there was a late safety car, like you said. I don't know exactly the number of laps, but single digits had to be single digits left. Yeah, it was something with single digits left. So we're talking about the race is almost over. Ferrari has a one-two. It's a clear one. Science two because science had science. I think science was faster than Claire earlier, so they had. Science let him pass or something. But basically, Ferrari's strategy was we're going to hit the trail car, which at that point was Science, get him on fresh tires and leave the lead car in so that he doesn't lose track position. So, Leclerc stays out, Science pits, and I think. And then, like, everyone pits. Well, everyone else pitted, and Science. So, yeah, Science still ended up in second place. Yeah, Science right. was still second at the restart because everyone behind Science pitted. So, Leclerc was the only one that stayed out. Yeah. Because it was who? It was like it was Perez, Lewis. It was Hamilton. Perez, Lewis, Lewis, and, yeah. and Perez right behind him. And then I think Alonso. Yeah, yeah. And Alonso, yeah. So, they all pitted. So, then no one had the chance to overtake Carlos. So, he stayed in second. So, now you have the same order, but Leclerc is the only one on old, like, really old tires he's on the normal strategy and everyone else is on fresh i don't know i don't think they were on were they on softs they were on softs because they, they were like all right we got like seven laps to go you just go on the best tires That's possible really bad yeah so then yeah. i mean basically at that point the clear screw what is he gonna do defend against he's not gonna defend against fresh softs when he's on like really old hearts or whatever it was yeah so uh inevitably and i think what they're thinking was is that science on the fresh softs can defend and let leclerc like build a gap while that's science what, that's what fights. the team principal asked science to do or not team principal oh, okay, whoever, okay. whoever carlos's radio engineer was he was like oh you need to defend uh for, for charles yeah. and then they, they just moved to science on the radio he's like i can't they're all right behind me and like it like pans out because like all the cars are doing this like going side to side to like warm up their tires. So you have Leclerc doing that. Then there's a little gap. Then there's signs. And then right behind signs, you have like four cars. It's like, <laughs> it was like Lewis, Perez, Alonso, and Lando were all like right there, all doing that. So signs was like, dude, I cannot defend four cars. <laughs> so basically, signs overruled his team and was like, as soon as this race restarts, I'm passing my teammate. And that is exactly what he did. It is. And it worked out for him, obviously. Yeah, it did. First... He was like, he was like, dude, this is my best chance to win a race. And he had not won a race before. 
So he was like, he yeah, was like one of those. It was one of those like most. It was like one of those most starts without winning a race. It was. He was. He's second only behind Checo. Only Checo took longer. He was. I think it was his hundred one hundred fifty first start or something. Yeah. So it was like it was 51, 51, something like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, he ignored team orders and passed Leclerc, and then Hamilton passed Leclerc, and then Perez passed Leclerc. And Alonso uh, almost got him, too. He almost didn't get top four. Which, okay, and the thing is, normally it's not the worst thing in the world, but Leclerc is so far ahead of science that basically... Science doesn't have any chance to win the drivers' championship. No, right? Like, and every like, I don't know if Science has beat Leclerc in qualifying. Besides that race, which is the wet qualifying, where Science yeah. got pole, like that might have been the only time he's beat him all year. Basically, Leclerc is clearly the faster driver. He's clearly the one that has a chance to win P four or win the championship. I mean, he's the guy that they should be prioritizing. The guy they were trying to prioritize, and then. Science goes, oh no, screw that. I'm getting away myself. Which is honestly understandable, but also controversial because it's kind of, it goes against what your team is fighting for, which is your team wants to win the driver's championship. Obviously the constructors too, but you're fighting for the driver's championship as well. And it compromises that. So I guess... My question to you is, what do you think about their strategy? Do you, like, agree that, I guess hindsight's always twenty twenty. but do you think that's the right move yeah. to ask science to defend the four cars? Like, what do you do? I mean, I kind of get what they were thinking with, like, leaving Leclerc out and everything, because you don't know. Someone might not pit, and then they just sneak up in the first, and then there's only like five laps to go or something, and they're like, if Lewis, Lewis is a great defensive driver, if Lewis didn't pit, and then Lewis goes into first and just defends for five laps or something and wins, then you're like, why did we give up first place? So, I get I get in the sense why they left one of their two cars out, but I agree. It's like, I know Sainz hasn't won before, and putting him on fresh gave him that chance but it's like you i f- feel like you gotta put leclerc on softs because he's your best chance at beating max yeah so because I mean, if you pit leclerc you get the same situation of yeah because then you just have signs stay out and signs would move up in the first yeah and but leclerc obviously has the advantage because yeah you're the faster driver on softs like i don't know honestly i don't know exactly what the gaps were but like could they have tried a double stack and just hope for the best? Hope like science falls down to like fourth and yeah. then he's on fresh sauce. Like, I don't know. I feel like leaving Leclerc out to drive and if everyone's going on to fresh soft tires. Yeah, it, literally, like, I think almost everyone stops. on the grid went on the softs or something. You, like, you know, they're going to be, I mean, what do they have to lose? They're pushing for it, like everything. They're giving their maximum pace. Like right now, you know what's happening. Pretty sure Lewis set the fastest lap on literally the last lap of the Grand Prix. Yeah, like, you know they're going to be pushing all out. Why would you leave your championship contender on more tires? I don't know. It makes no sense to me. No, but I also I can't hate on Carlos too much. If I was in that situation, I would do the same damn thing. Oh, and I, that's I, why I, they should have left it up to him. Yeah, 
I've raced 150 times, never won, and I got a chance. Only person in front of me is my teammate who's on worse tires than me. Yeah, green light, I'm gone. <laughs> Bro, you don't become a good driver by being unselfish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you to try to win? Yeah, you, all these all these dudes have to have some kind of ego. If you don't have an ego, yeah. the, the, it's not the sport for you, that's for sure. Yeah. If you have an ego, you're going to back out of every overtaking opportunity, and yeah. Max Verstappen's going to eat you alive. Exactly. That man never Again. concedes corners. <laughs> it's like kind of bad, but also I'm telling you, it's like all the great ones have never been at fault for a crash. Lewis Hamilton has never been at fault. It's always a, he turned into me or he didn't give me enough space, bro. Yeah. Like they, they literally could be in the exact same situation on both sides. And they blame me. They blame on the other person. Yeah, exactly. That's not a great driver, man. <laughs> Should we move on to the Red Bull ring? The Austrian Grand Prix? We had a sprint weekend, so qualifying yes. by Friday. That always trips me up. Yeah. I wasn't quite ready for it. Race on Sunday to qualify on Friday is a quick turnaround. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was Max who was on pole. It was like Max, Claire Science, Perez or something. Like the poor, most boring grid ever, but then Perez had engine penalties, so right? He moved down to like 13th or 14th or whatever it was, yeah. And then I know Lewis and George both crashed in qualifying, so they ended up, oh, yeah. I like, remember watching that, that was so bad. So they both just like lost traction. It wasn't like an again, it wasn't an it wasn't an engine failure or like machinery malfunction, anything like that, which. Credit to Mercedes. They've had, like, no engine fail. Like, they have not DNF'd a race because of, like, their engine. It's just been, like, they've been in a crash or something. So, credit to them. I think but, that was the first... I think George crashing was the first time they didn't finish a race. Wasn't it? In Silverstone? Like, yeah. Because, like, yeah, he was yeah, top five in every race up until then. Yeah. And Lewis had also and, finished every race. We, we were talking about this just, before we started recording, but now Lewis is officially the only driver who has finished every race, which is kind of ridiculous, but I expect nothing less from my GOAT. Um, I'm trying to figure out what happened in qualifying, but yeah, Hamilton was quite low down in the order. Yeah, was, I think Hamilton started, he like, basically did started, started, like, started like in between the Haases, I think. Or something. He was P10. He was P10. Awesome. Yeah, because they both made Q3 and then they crashed in Q3. So. I think, yeah, I think at least George had a lap time in, but Hamilton didn't even have a real lap. Yeah, so that's why he started lasting out of Q3. But then they kind of, I think they both creeped up during the sprint. Perez had a great sprint, so he moved up a ton and ended up, what was it, Q4? Maybe Q5. Yeah. He was, he ended up P5 right behind Russell. Alcon was sixth. Oh, so oh yeah, Magnus or Hamilton started the race between the two houses. He moved up to yeah, okay, eighth. Yeah, between Magnus and Schumacher. I don't know what happened to Alonso, but he did not finish. Or he didn't even start. I think it was they like didn't take off his tire covers or something. Oh, that was that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that was, but. They just, like, didn't do something 
in the Alpine. Tire like warming things, right? Yeah. They just like <laughs> kept them on. Get to take this off. Oh man, let's struggle for Alpine, bro. Yeah, but they've caught up to. They've caught up to McLaren. They are now tied for fourth. We, we've been talking about this podcast. I'm like, oh, McLaren are like so clearly the fourth best team. No. Mercedes are still so clearly the third best team, and now there's a race for fourth. During the race, did they get double points? They're the low ones, right? The low ones. Yeah, uh, I believe so. Oh, well, so did, uh, did McLaren, but I mean, uh, I'll find out more, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll find finish fifth, so. But was, yeah, yeah. They're even on 81 points. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous, but I don't know. Moving on to the actual race. Thoughts on Max not winning yet again? Alright. So, this one... I, I was watching the broadcast because I was jet lagged, so I woke up at like three on Sunday yeah. morning. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to watch the race. And apparently uh, Charles had been like smiling all day in the paddock after the sprint and was like, we got Max tomorrow. Like He knew. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure not, he, he like said the on the team radio, like someone recorded it or something. He was like, oh, we'll get him tomorrow. Like somehow he, he was like, all right, we got, it. we got it tomorrow. And you see in the beginning of the race, this is kind of how you can tell where this is going right in the beginning of the race usually whoever ends up first out of the first couple corners because there's a lot of that's where the most overtaking always is the first couple corners but when when max maintained his lead through like the first three corners because you know those are the big overtake spots especially at the record ring you're like okay good stuff for max let's just see where he is when drs starts because it doesn't start till like lap three or maybe once you finish it up there but DRS started and Leclerc was still within a second. And that's when I knew it was like, okay, Claire has the pace today because usually like with no DRS dudes will build up like a two second cushion or something. Even if it's the fast cars, at the top, they'll build like a little cushion up and end up being ahead. I think that's kind of what happened. In the sprint is Leclerc and Sainz were fighting each other when boom, Max is gone and they kind of have no chance. So when Leclerc was like within half a second, when DRS started, I was like, okay, he's, He's ready today. And then, of course, he passed him, I think, twice on track because Max pitted really early. So he had to, like, he, pa- he passed him. Then Max got past him again with the pit strategy, but then Leclerc was way faster than passing again or something. But all day, he clearly had the pace, and then they had that little pit war going where they would pit after Max and then just have more pace and get past him. So it was... It was good to see Ferrari finally look legitimately competitive with Red Bull. And then, of course, they, yeah, a rough one for Checo. George did not give him enough space. Checo, yeah, Checo crashed on lap one, right? Yeah, I think it was like a Checo's back wheel hit George's front wheel and spun out. Yeah. And then it evened out because Sainz got an engine failure. Dude, it was so sad. It was, like, I think, about 58 out of 71. Yeah, it was, Sainz was the, in yeah. third place, making up so much ground over Stappen. And you're like, oh my God, Safari won too. They're back. And then, as he was like, he was 
really chasing. Yeah. It was like, he's going to pass him in like the next two laps or something. And then his engine, he like starts slowing down. He's like, oh no, what's going on? And then I see smoke. smoke. No. Yeah. Car caught on fire, by the way. I know. Always trying to get out of it. So, shout out Ferrari. Cannot have both cars finish a race. It's really They get the strategy perfect and they have the pace and just the car, the engine blows up. And Red Bull's home race, too. There's no better race to school Red Bull in. Imagine a 1 2 with the Orange Army in attendance, man. (laughs) I mean, well, they had to get Red Bull back because Red Bull, Max won in uh, Imola, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won the race and the sprint, and Paris got second. Yeah. Oh, they those the. Oh yeah, those signs DNF and Leclerc put it in the wall, so he lost his podium and went yeah. to the sixth. So their home race, Red Bull got a one-two, and Max won the sprint. And then you're out here blowing your own chance to do the same to them because again, it's unfortunate. You really hate to see it. I think even I saw a clip of like Max and Charles in like the the room or the like waiting room or whatever where like the top three wait to like go on the podium and spray champagne on each other. And like Max was saying to Charles, he was like, You guys were like ridiculously fast today. Like I had no chance. Like he, he said he was like, I was not gonna beat you today. So he, he even knew he was like, Yeah, Ferrari were just on one today. So it's a pace, man. Yeah. They definitely this have is the, what it looked like at the beginning of the year, kind of. Yeah, I think they definitely have the fastest car. It's just their reliability is so bad. I mean, it looked like it was the opposite at the beginning of the year. It was like Red Bull's yeah, car was like just Red Bull fast, had the fastest but they... car, but couldn't finish a race. And then, of course, completely switches. I mean, I think, yeah, Red Bull can definitely... There's, it's probably circuit to circuit. Like, Jetta was the first race where it was an actual, like, okay, this is a real battle. And I yeah. was I was thinking that was going to be the entire year. It was like that. And this race was kind of similar to Jetta and well, kind of similar to Bahrain too. <laughs> Late to DNF. Yeah, it was. Um, it was good. It, I think it's good to see because now, okay, we're exactly halfway through the season. It's only a thirty-eight point lead. Yeah. And, of course, 38 is a lot. One DNF for Max would do a huge well, I'm you know, pretty sure, dent I'm pretty in that. Sure it was similar last year. I think it was, like, going into Silverstone, Max was up 38 or, like, 30-something. And then him yeah. and Lewis crashed on lap one, and then Lewis won. So he made up 25 points in Silverstone. So, yeah, yeah if Max <laughs> DNFs one race and Charles wins that race, he's going to make up so much ground. Yeah, and, like, I mean, even... Even if there's not a DNF, even if Max is like top three or four in every race, think about a win, you get seven points. Um, you get seven more than second, yeah. So it's obviously, it's like you have to get like five more wins than Max. So if Max wins two, you have to win seven out of the next yeah. 11 races, right? So it's still a lot. Yeah. But it's like. It's not. I mean, impossible. Max is the same thing to you, right? Like Max yeah. has six out of the eleven wins. Isn't that yeah. what that is? I think so. Then three for Leclerc, and then two for the other guys. Yeah. So Max has six out of the eleven wins. So if Leclerc can win six out of the next eleven races, and you know 
throw in one max front wing change and he's down to P5 or 6, all of a sudden you're in business, right? So I'm pretty sure, it, wasn't it similar last year? I feel like Lewis won like the last four races going into Abu Dhabi or yeah, something. It was, I mean, it was kind of a shift of the Red Bull was kind of faster at the beginning and then the Mercedes came up. Yeah, Mercedes picked it up, but... I don't know. We could see, hopefully, I hope it's like late drama again, like last year. So I, I'm kind of rooting for Ferrari as bad as that is to say, because I want to, I want drama. Yeah. But, I mean, who is it? I mean, that's why I was rooting against Ferrari at the beginning of the year. So I was like, it's going to be boring if they win 18 of the races and there's nothing to watch. Right. Yeah. So now I'm rooting for Ferrari. I hope that Max like spins out or something and finishes P8, and then all of a sudden the player's back within 10 points or something. Mm-hmm. Fun. Uh, we'll see. We got um, France next, is that right? Yeah. So, Gasly and, and Ocon's home race. And Pien, the team. Yeah. Isn't that their home team's home race? Yeah. So, now, I will leave it to Hungaro Ring and then Spa after. Oh, God, I love so, Spa. is such a good race. Yeah. And then it's it's Hanford. It's another max race. So yeah, we got some good races coming up. I think this is a nice I don't like France. I think France is kind of not the best and I hear that it's one of the most boring races usually. So I don't know about that. But after that it's actually it's Hungary, then Spa, Zanvoort, and then Monza all in a row. So God. some great races. And of course there's the little break thrown in there after Hungary. Right. So, okay. It'll be Looking good. Also, Mercedes on the come up. I feel like we got to oh, yeah. give them credit. Lewis, what, third podium in a row? Three by three. He's It's been third place every time, but... That's, that's fine. That's fine. And then, Mercedes, yeah. I believe, like, I, I, I mean, you have, to, you have to go back, but they're probably, like, beating Ferrari over the last five or six races. Oh, definitely. They were, I mean, they scored the most points out of any team here, because two guys DNF'd. Yeah. So... And they've only, uh, they've like we, we've we mentioned earlier, but like Lewis is the only person to finish every race. And the only reason George isn't also in that category is because in Silverstone, he got out of his car to make sure uh, that he didn't kill a man uh, on the first turn. Um, so oh, then he really got out of his mix car. Yeah. I was going to think so. Just like playing for P2 through 5 or 6. Yeah, so uh, it's it's been going DNF well. Year. Despite how weird it was at the beginning, yeah, they're doing doing a good job. Lewis kind of bridging the gap over the last few races to George. He's back within was that nineteen points of George, so not such a yeah. big difference anymore. I think next year, next year's they're gonna come. I pray we get a three way like. That would be All so teams, entertaining, a three-team like race. five or six of the drivers. Are, uh, honestly, realistically... Like four? It's it's going to be <laughs> tough for... Yeah, it's going to be tough for Perez or Sainz to actually compete. Yeah. George is nice. But George. in order for... But even... George would be fourth out of those four. Yeah. So... Regardless, a three-team three race team. would be so entertaining. Oh my god! Imagine they're all. Imagine they're all within like two points going into. Yeah. Like um, yeah. like whatever it was. I think it was like 2018 or 19. There was like a three-team race for third play or for like third or fourth going into the last race. 
Like obviously was that, that was like, Renault like third or fourth. Awesome. It was like Renault, Renault, McLaren, and Racing Point. I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then like they were all within like ten points or something going into the last race, and obviously that was a battle for like fourth place, so it wasn't as entertaining. But like if we get that, but for first, oh my god! Or we get the what was it Hamilton oh seven? Was it like Hamilton Kimi and whoever? Hamilton, Kimmy, and I want to say Alonzo was third. I don't know, maybe not. But that was Alonzo's peak was then. Oh, sorry, sorry. You you froze for a second on my screen, but yeah, yeah. That would just uh, what was it? It was it was Hamilton, Kimmy, and Alonzo, was that who it was? I think so. Okay. Because yeah. Alonzo won they, the two previous years, and then Kimmy, and then Hamilton. Because they all won they were all within like one point in one of those years. It was Yeah. Oh uh, seven eight. Yeah, we need a we need something like that. Some some late drama with it all to play for. Yeah. And then Lewis wins. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis the only if Lewis wins he might really retire. I no, he should if he wins an eighth, he should just be like, Yeah, no, I'm yeah, leaving you get to eight, on top. Yeah. You go onto that podium, thank the fans and be like Drink the champagne and be like, Yeah, I'm gone. It's been real. <laughs> I mean, what you, I mean, at that point, you literally have nothing left to do. You have nothing left so to prove, unless you want to try and win more races to increase your gap to Max, because yeah, Max is going to get up there and wins. But Max is he started at seventeen, bro. That's yeah, that's so unfair, but that's fine. But yeah, looking forward to next year. Hopefully, Ferrari can make this year interesting, or. Because the problem is, it's like there's no way for it to be three way this year unless Merck yeah, no. wins like Mercedes literally six and like wins four. Two. Going to, <laughs> yeah, like it would have to be Merck and Ferrari would have to be the top four drivers for like four races in a row for it to start getting interesting. Yeah, like they have to. That'd be, that's kind of need Latifi to just like drive into Max or something. Just wait for Max to when Max laps you just ignore the blue flag or like start to do the blue flags and then just turn into him. <laughs> Let's make things interesting. <laughs> unless unless Toto makes some serious calls, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm saying the break's coming up. We don't know what could happen after the break. Same with it's not unrealistic to see some huge jumps after the break, but yeah. Well, like Haas, right? Haas didn't have, like, any upgrades, right? I think it's like they were only upgrading at the break or something. So, like, they've been using the same car since race one. You mean all year they haven't? Or they might have done, like, I don't know. They've done some upgrades, I think, but I saw something, or I saw some meme or something where it's like, oh, the break is coming up. That means it's upgrade time. So imagine they come in and they're now just faster than McLaren's. Oh my god, that would be so funny. But I don't know. Speaking of which, just quick shout out Haas double points for the second straight weekend. Mick, 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 oh my god, he's he's coming alive. In two races, he's overtaken. I mean, he was already ahead of Latifi, but overtaken Stroll, Alvin, Joe, and Sonoda in the driver's championship. He's now three behind. Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Well, that's that's just because Seb is in a trash car. Seb is such a good driver. I mean, he's on 15 points to Stroll's three, which doesn't happen just by coincidence. Yeah. That's a... Seb, yeah. 
Maybe Seb will take the RC. No, no, obviously Seb and DR were a team at back at Red Bull at one point. I, I think for like one year they overlapped, and then they brought in Max. Anyways, anyways, it was quite. Uh, honestly, that has to be the best two race stretch of the year. Like, talk about Silverstone. Definitely, best like race, at least best race for now. Yeah, I mean, two races could change later, but definitely because Silverstone was like the best race of the year, and then you had all that chaos. I think Austria was a great race. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then Leclerc... Oh, we didn't even talk about Leclerc's car, like, his gas, his uh, throttle in the last, like, three laps right after Science DNF, Leclerc's like, I've got a problem with my throttle. And apparently it wouldn't go back to 0% when he tried to lift off. So he's going to the corner, he's like, I need to lift off the throttle so I can brake, and the throttle's still going at, like, 20 or 30% when he's not pressing it. So then this dude's like struggling to keep his car on the track and Max is making up time to him. And it wasn't, it wasn't really close, but three more laps and Max was going to win that race again. Like it was, I don't know. It was, it was fun to watch the entire time. I think that's like a nine out of 10 Grand Prix. It was, yeah. It was and it's a relatively like almost half the track is a DRS zone, which is ridiculous. Oh yeah. Cause so, that also makes DRS it back down after turn three is DRS and then the uh, main street. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, Max was reeling him in the last couple laps because I forgot about that. That Leclerc almost bottled it. Not Le- not Leclerc, but his team. If, if Leclerc DNF because of that, bro, Ferrari would they'd have to like go into hiding for the next week or something. Their whole, yeah, whole team, man. That would be bad. I mean, the championship would be like all but over at that point. Oh, definitely. The morale of what should have been a one two, but I still got the one. Let's move on to some former breaking news. I'll put a link. It's been a little while since it's announced, but definitely still relevant and I think very interesting. And that, of course, is the greatest program in all of college football. Moving to the Big Ten, along with. That's a, brothers. Some, that's a biased statement. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, we got USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten and not just college football, but all sports. In every sport, yeah. So, in what was, by the way, like a shock move. It was like, I got a notification, like, well, I was in Italy, so it was like in the evening saying, USC considering a move or USC and UCLA, like, considering a move, they'll vote on it. And then, like, the next day was confirmed. Like, they voted or whatever. I guess it was the Big Ten, like, ADs had to vote on it or something to confirm. And it was like, okay, starting in 2024, USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten. But um, I think, here's the thing about this, right? We saw the Oklahoma and Texas move to the SEC, like, a year ago. Right, and that's one thing because Texas is definitely in the South. It is like yeah. well, and Texas A and M is already the, in the SEC. Yeah, exactly. It's already in the SEC. Geographically, Texas is like one of the. It has to be like this either that or Florida is the most southern point 
in the entire country. Is that, it's, I don't know. I, it, I think it's, well, I think it's, it's technically Hawaii, actually, for the, for the country. Oh, but on I the mainland, but the yes, mainland. Florida. But it's like, okay, it's, it's a little odd that, okay, they're about the same in. Same distance south as Texas and Florida. So. Um, it's a little odd that teams are just moving because obviously they're doing it because football, SEC is a great conference. You can get more recruits knowing that they'll be in the spotlight at SEC. Cool, cool, cool. But then all of a sudden, USC and UCLA is like, screw it, we're going to the Big Ten. Now, the Big Ten is the it's the it's like the Midwest, bro. It's all Midwest yeah. schools. Like, North... Central North, the, the like region of the U.S. Ohio schools, Michigan schools, Nebraska, Wisconsin, yeah, Illinois. Then, I think I think the furthest east it's like Rutgers and Penn State, but that's still yeah, which is I mean Atlantic area. That's like East Coast, yeah. And then you got two schools from California, California now, yeah, L.A., which is wild. And yeah. your closest opponent, not counting UCLA, is Nebraska. That is your closest <laughs> opponent. It's kind of nuts. And I think that's the problem with it. My first, I guess, my first reaction is, like, regions just don't matter anymore. Like, no, college exactly. football divisions are not going to be based off of geography at all. Yeah. I, I don't... If this trend continues, honestly, I feel like they should just get rid of conferences, like, and just be like, play who, play whoever you want, because like, like two super conferences, that's not gonna do. Like, then like only the Big Ten and SEC are making money from that. See, yeah, that's the biggest issue with it is that it completely pushes you towards a reality where instead of being conferences by location it's like european football like yeah the sec is the prem or whatever then you got the championship is the big 10 and you just go down the order big 12 pac 12 whatever acc like it's just you join like if like if you're clemson you got to join a top league so you, you got to try and get into the sec like that's that's the like point that we're trending towards and it'll take whatever eight years to get to actually towards that because yeah. you know teams don't move immediately like you see well, like yeah like texas years. and oklahoma aren't moving until like 2024 or something yeah like, so it won't it won't be immediate but right now if you're oregon you have to leave you have to leave the pac-12 you can't stay there as, because that is, that is you to say yeah you have no comp there's no comp left, bro. It's gonna be you in Utah and see you Boulder, bro. You can't stay there. You're never gonna make a playoff. Yeah. So they're gonna have to try and leave. I think a bunch of the Pac-12 South is like either rumored to or is trying to go to the Big 12 or either that or people are just saying they should. Or and also now, conferences are playing like teams and that they're like oh what teams can we pick up in the it's almost like a transfer portal that's what i was yeah. thinking i was like the transfer portal went so far that now teams are in the transfer portal and conferences are like oh what teams can we pick up like yeah. maybe we can maybe, like big clubs like maybe we can get arizona state and arizona and utah and whoever like i think like i think like notre dame is probably going to join the big 10 too 
Because like oh, at this, you you can't be an independent in football anymore. And Notre Dame is like historically they've like always been independent in football. The thing is, Notre Dame will just play a ton of comp. They'll go and play all the top ten schools or whatever. Yeah. So they can live without it. But I mean, that's the other thing. The thing, the problem with you saying you'd have to eliminate conferences is that then there'd be no conference championship. Yeah, and exactly. Like live, live off that. Or in the NFL there to be no conferences, like, but it's like, at what point is it like, all right, conferences just don't matter anymore. Yeah. Honestly, okay. I think they should have not allowed this to happen. I don't know if the NCAA really has that jurisdiction to say no. And I guess the big 10 schools are like, well, it makes us money, but realistically, Shout out to Zach, but if you're Northwestern, why would you do this? Because maybe 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 make some money now, but aren't you going to be the first program to go when they're like, "Oh, sorry, we got to make room for Notre like, Dame. Oregon and yeah. Notre Dame," like, but we can't have like 18 schools here. So bye bye, you're gone. Like, I, I don't know how that works, but eventually they're going to have to start kicking out the small schools that are in the Big Ten, and it's literally going to be just by prestige. Like, you know, Michigan or something is going to try and make their way to the SEC. Vanderbilt's gone. They're going to get kicked out to, like, a non-Power 5 conference. Like, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. I feel like the, my main issue with it is that it's for not just football. Because this is a football move. Because football drives revenue at colleges like it's mm. by far no pretty much no matter what college you go to it's like a community-wide thing that on saturdays you go to the college football game if you have a home game like it's just a thing people do and the school makes a ton of money that way and football is like football funds like i don't remember what school it was at but i was talking about my mom because she like works with colleges and like Football alone funds almost can fund almost the entire athletic department at most colleges. It's like the only which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I've I seen think the, like, like basketball. Numbers. Basketball is like able to fund a decent amount, but it's like still so much less than football, which is ridiculous. So the overall that, that's why they're every doing sport it. besides like football, basketball, and sometimes baseball. I think operates at a loss in college football. Yeah, or in that's what it is. NCAA yeah. overall. Like, I mean, it's just and the men's college basketball, the men's yeah, I was going to say, the only, reason, the only reason basketball has a profit is because of March Madness. Otherwise, yeah. basketball would not have a profit. We did the report on that. March Madness makes insane money. It makes like a billion dollars a year or something. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's like... Basically, I mean, all that to say, football makes an incredible amount of money for these schools. Definitely a money-driven move. Thinking about the money, it's not ridiculous. And then also, yeah, no. USC's thinking about, like, oh, how can we have a better chance to make the playoff? And your strength yeah. of schedule is going to be higher if you're playing a Big Ten schedule. But they're also going to lose two stupid games and not make the playoff. But accidentally yeah, have to play Ohio State every year and Michigan every year and – Penn State is always decent and freaking yeah. like and, and they'll get beat by yeah they'll get beat by a random Wisconsin team or something. <laughs> Iowa is good. Yeah. Here's the other thing though. This also I think I hear the argument about why bowl games or why having 
the playoff is bad is because it ruins bowl games and ruins the regular season a little bit because you don't have to be like almost you don't have to be perfect or close to perfect because like it used to be if you lose a bad if you have a bad loss you're out like you're just not making the playoff because it was top two you can survive it was top two make the championship yeah. game that was it half the time both teams were undefeated sometimes one of them was one loss and it was like yeah and it was like oh, to the well, team they were playing they lost yeah, LSU like, lost like Alabama. One, in like one year, one year, yeah, one year it was like LSU Alabama was the championship game, and LSU was the one seed, and Alabama's one loss was to LSU by like a field goal or something. Yeah. So, but yeah. but now you can lose a random game, you can still be okay as long as you win your conference or whatever it is, and you can lose to a not that good team. But think about now if you create this Premier League, Champions League, whatever you want to call it, of college football teams. Super League is really the right term. If the SEC becomes a Super League, dude, you're kidding me? Those teams are not going to be undefeated. If, you, yeah, if no. Alabama, if, as great as they are, has to play Florida and LSU and Michigan and Texas and Oklahoma or whoever, like they have to play like eight top 15 or 20 teams every year, they, they won't be undefeated every year. And like, Every other team definitely is not going to be undefeated having to play that crazy schedule. Yeah. It'll just like make the regular season matter like even less. So, I don't know. On the other hand, it does make for way more exciting regular season games because you're going to play, you're going to have all types of insane ranked games that are just on the schedule every year because it's a season of the Big Ten. So, they have to play all the Big Ten West teams every year and all the other teams every other year, whatever it is. So. It'll make some... It has some benefits because it'll it'll be a lot of fun football, but it kind of takes you farther away from what college football yeah. should be. You lose some of the, like, less important regional rivalries because USC has a little beef with Stanford, which is just completely gone. Who cares anymore? Cal and UCLA aren't even in the same conference. They're in the same. They're literally the same college. Both the UCs, yeah. And they're different conferences. So like those little robberies are ever cooked. USC and Oregon aren't really rivals, but like I don't think people at USC those, those really like the, Oregon a lot. Athletically, those are the two best programs in the Pac-12. Right. And so they, there's not a lot of, you know, there's there's not a lot of love between those two programs. But now like stuff like that's just completely gone. You obviously, you keep the big rivalry because. It makes the most money, but it, yeah, I don't know. I don't love the move overall. It takes the like college football charm away, and yeah, other college sports a little bit too. So. I don't know. Yeah, I think also just what was I gonna say? Yeah, it's gonna ruin it mainly for a lot of other sports too. I know we talked about that already, but like basketball like if there's like two mega conferences what is that going to mean for march madness like are just less underdogs going to get in like less teams that win their conference tournament because like that that's the whole point of march madness is like the little dog gets a shot at the big dog because they win their conference tournament and they're in but now if you have like 30 teams get in from the sec and and big 10 because those are the two big conferences and that's half the field is those teams so yeah, I don't know. I mean, they still they still have a rule, right? Like it's automatic birth from conferences. Like, I would think so, but 
I don't know. That would just mean they would have to cut out a lot of those because a lot of those are good teams that are going to be in those two conferences. So I don't know how they would do it unless they like expand the tournament, which they shouldn't do because it's already 64 is already a lot. Or it's technically 68 with the first four. So I don't know. I agree. I don't think it's a good move. Like financially, Obviously, yeah, it's a great move. They're going to make a ton more money. But in every other aspect, besides from, like, football entertainment, it's not a good move. So and still, I don't know if it makes the football more entertaining because in the long run, you're going to screw up the, like, thing. like, the thing that makes college football cool, which is, like, the regional pride and yeah. all that. And, like, so. dude, the Rose Bowl, I mean, now because of the playoff, the Rose Bowl is in the playoff half the time. But, dude, the Rose Bowl is always – it's the winner of the Pac-12 versus the winner of the Big Ten. That's Bro, the Rose Bowl game. If we have a USC-Oregon yeah. Rose it's Bowl, USC, Oregon and the Rose Bowl, I'm going to throw ridiculous. up, man. We're going yeah. to the – oh, You're, my. I didn't even think of that. First of all, they ruined the rule. That's the, like yeah. – that's biggest the biggest argument for why the college football playoffs sucks, bro. Yeah. The Rose Bowl was one of the most I watched the it every the New Year's Day on the Rose Bowl, man. Like, and now it's cooked because it only happens every other year, and half the time the Big Ten team's not there because Ohio State is not going to be there yeah. if there's four teams that make the playoffs. Yeah. So then it's like they always they said like the second team in the Big Ten, which is like Wisconsin or something. Yeah, like, I, it's Wisconsin and Utah. Who wants to watch yeah. that, dude? That it was actually dude, a good game this past year. Though. I, I watched it. It wasn't. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It was Oregon, Ohio State, right? No, I think it was. It was, it was Utah, Utah, Ohio State. No, it was Utah, Utah, Utah. And Utah almost. That was, won. That was JSN's three hundred twenty-seven year game. Yeah. So okay, that was yeah. But now, dude, I swear to God, if USC or UCLA is representing the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl, I'm gonna actually throw up. Dude, USC or UCLA plays their home games at the Rose Bowl. At the dude. Rose Bowl already. Yeah. That's so dumb. Oh, I hate that. I hate or Wait, so they might not play at the Rose Bowl. It's either they play either the Rose Bowl or the like Coliseum. No, no, no. USC. Well, USC plays at the Coliseum. UCLA plays at the Rose Bowl. Their home games are at the Rose Bowl, dude. That's ridiculous. That's so dumb. That's so dumb. They're going to be yeah. in the Big Ten and they're playing home games at the Rose Bowl Stadium. That's so stupid. Oh, yeah. I hate that so much. Because I'm, bro, I used to grow up and I just root for the Pac 12 team every time. Exactly. It's regional. Yeah, just always root for the Pac 12 team. And now I'm going to be on the Big 10 side. That's so dumb. No, I'm, I'm still, I'm rooting for the Pac 10 now. I'm rooting for them. Well, that'd be the Pac three and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be like Cal, Stanford, and like. Oregon State. Yeah, Oregon State and Washington State or something. Yeah, I literally heard that the that Big 12 is trying to take the rest of the Pac-12 South with them. It's like, it was it Utah or, or Arizona, Arizona State and Colorado? Colorado, yeah. And then the, I heard that the Big 12 is trying to take all of them. It's going to be it's really going to be a Pac-6. They have to take San Diego State and BYU or something. And like Boise State or something. No, BYU yeah. is already joining the Big 12, bro. Are. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, they cooked, bro. The was cooked. Oh. I think that's enough ranting for today. Yeah. They, you can't college tell football is kind of ruined, man. Yeah. They're, they actually kind of ruined college football. That's so, that's so sad. 
right, shout outs. Do you have a shout out yeah. already? I I know my shout out, but that's it's because we've been gone for like two weeks. So this happened a while ago, but my shout out is to Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche. Oh yeah, um, UMass alum. So I owe that to him, but also not just UMass alum who won the Stanley Cup because Colorado won the Stanley Cup. He won. I don't, I think it's just pronounced the Con Smith Award Award or Con Smith Trophy. I really hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong, but uh, it's called the Con Smith Trophy, and it's basically the MVP of the NHL playoffs. He won it. Ooh, the whole playoff MVP. Yeah. So he, I think he was like he's like the third defenseman to win it or something, or like the defense a defenseman never wins it, but. Because, of course, it's going to go to the dudes that score goals. So. Yeah, but he's like an attacking defenseman, so he scores a lot and assists a lot. So, shout out Mikhail, one MVP of the playoffs and brought a Stanley Cup home to Denver. And he shout won, like, Denver. defenseman of the year, too, in the regular season? Yeah, he won defenseman of the year. And he won, like, oh. best, best college hockey player while he was at UMass. He won, like, player he's of the year. Bro. He's on a so, roll. And he's, like, 24. He's years. young. He's young, too. He's not even old yet. That's an insane. Wait, that's an insane year. Stanley yeah. Cup, playoff MVP, and defenseman of the year. Yeah. So he's on the come up. I mean, he's already up. So I don't even know if he's on the come up, but he he's at the he's at the mountaintop already. And I mean, I guess that's a good pun because he's on the Avalanche. But um, <laughs> yeah, my shout out is Kale McCarr. All right, I'm wrong with it. My shout out is a lot more recent. It goes to. One of my favorite baseball players, Ronald Acuna Jr., who just announced he's joining the Home Run Derby, which the culture absolutely needs it, man. Acuna's in the Derby. I think Pete Alonso's coming back. I don't know who else in the field is there, but I'm hoping for a Julio Rodriguez appearance because that man is electric. So He's so good. Yeah. And shout out Zach Wilson, if you know. If you know. I like that. All right. I think that'll do it for this episode. We did decide we're going to do two parts. Oh, like we're going to yeah. do two this week because we know you guys missed us. Arun, I know Arun missed us if no if no one else did. Oh my God. <laughs> so, uh, NBA probably episode record another episode very soon. Yeah, probably like tomorrow or like the day after that we'll record. So, it'll be two episodes this week, so Stay on, stay yeah, on the lookout. We got you on NBA draft summer yeah. league, and yeah, it's only NBA next shenanigans. We were doing everything non NBA this episode, so we could only talk about free agency and the draft and everything next episode. Yeah, so, yeah, we got you guys. For sure. But thank you for thank you for listening, and we'll see you very soon. Peace, peace.